Section 4 of In Vino Veritas from Stages on Life's Way by Soren Kierkegaard. Translated by Lee M. Hollander. 1880-1972. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Section 4. Victor Eremita's Speech as will be remembered plato offers thanks to the gods for four things in the fourth place he is grateful for having been permitted to be a contemporary of socrates for the three other boons mentioned by him an earlier greek philosopher had already thanked the gods and so i conclude that they are worthy our gratitude but alas even if i wanted to express my gratitude like these greeks i would not be able to do so for what was denied me let me then collect my soul in gratitude for the one good which was conferred on me also that i was made a man and not a woman to be a woman is something so curious so heterogeneous and composite that no predicate will fully express these qualities and if i should use many predicates they would contradict one another in such fashion that only a woman would be able to tolerate the result and what is worse feel happy about it the fact that she really signifies less than man that is not her misfortune and still less so if she got to know it for it might be born with fortitude no her misfortune consists in her life having become devoid of fixed meaning through a romantic conception of things by virtue of which she now signifies all and now nothing at all without ever finding out what she really does signify and even that is not her misfortune but rather the fact that being a woman she will never be able to find out as for myself if i were a woman i should prefer to be one in the orient and as a slave for to be a slave neither more nor less is at any rate something in comparison with being now heyday now nothing even if a woman's life did not contain such contrasts the distinction she enjoys which is rightly assumed to be hers as a woman a distinction she does not share with man would by itself point to the meaninglessness of her life the distinction i refer to is that of gallantry to be gallant to woman is becoming in men now gallantry consists very simply in conceiving in fantastic categories that person to whom one is gallant to be gallant to a man is therefore an insult for he begs to be excused from the application of fantastic categories to him for the fair sex however gallantry signifies a tribute a distinction which is essentially its privilege ah me if only a single cavalier were gallant to them the case would not be so serious but far from it at bottom every man is gallant he is unconsciously so this signifies therefore that it is life itself which has bestowed this perquisite on the fair sex woman on her part unconsciously accepts it 
here we have the same trouble again if only a single woman did so another explanation would be necessary this is life's characteristic irony now if gallantry contained the truth that ought to be reciprocal i e gallantry would be the accepted quotation for the stated difference between beauty on the one hand and power astuteness and strength on the other but this is not the case gallantry is essentially woman's due and the fact that she unconsciously accepts it may be explained through the solicitude of nature for the weak and those treated in a stepmotherly fashion by her who feel more than recompensed by an illusion but precisely this illusion is her misfortune it is not seldom the case that nature comes to the assistance of an afflicted creature by consoling him with the notion that he is the most beautiful if that is so why then we may say that nature made good the deficiency since now the creature is endowed with even more than could be reasonably demanded but to be beautiful only in one's imagination and not to be overcome indeed by sadness but to be fooled into an illusion why that is still worse mockery now as to being afflicted woman certainly is far from having been treated in a stepmotherly fashion by nature still she is so in another sense inasmuch as she never can free herself from the illusion with which life has consoled her gathering together one's impression of a woman's existence in order to point out its essential features one is struck by the fact that every woman's life gives one an entirely fantastic impression in a far more decisive sense than man she may be said to have turning points in her career for her turning points turn everything upside down in one of Tieck's romantic dramas there occurs a person who having once been king of mesopotamia is now a greengrocer in copenhagen exactly as fantastic is every feminine existence if the girl's name is juliana her life is as follows erstwhile empress in the wide domain of love and titulary queen of all the exaggerations of tomfoolery now mrs pedersen corner bath street when a child a girl is less highly esteemed than a boy when a little older one does not know exactly what to make of her at last she enters that decisive period in which she holds absolute sway worshipfully man approaches her as a suitor worshipfully for so does every suitor it is not the scheme of a crafty deceiver even the executioner when laying down his fusses to go a-wooing even he bends his knee although he is willing to offer himself up within a short time to domestic executions which he finds so natural that he is far from seeking any excuse for them in the fact that public executions have grown so few the cultured person behaves in the very same manner he kneels he worships he conceives his lady love in the most fantastic categories and then he very quickly forgets his kneeling position in fact he knew full well the while he knelt that it was fantastic to do so 
if i were a woman i would prefer to be sold by my father to the highest bidder as is the custom in the orient for there is at least some sense in such a deal what misfortune to have been born a woman yet her misfortune really consists in her not being able to comprehend it being a woman if she does complain she complains rather about her oriental than her occidental status but if i were a woman i would first of all refuse to be wooed and resign myself to belong to the weaker sex if such is the case and be careful which is most important if one is proud of not going beyond the truth however that is of but little concern to her juliana is in the seventh heaven and mrs Patterson submits to her fate let me then thank the gods that i was born a man and not a woman and still how much do i forego for is not all poetry from the drinking song to the tragedy a deification of woman all the worse for her and for him who admires her for if he does not look out he will all of a sudden have to pull a long face the beautiful the excellent all of man's achievement owes its origin to woman for she inspires him woman is indeed the inspiring element of life how many a lovelorn shepherd has played on this theme and how many a shepherdess has listened to it verily my soul is without envy and feels only gratitude to the gods for i would rather be a man though in humble station but really so than be a woman and an indeterminate quantity rendered happy by a delusion i would rather be a concrete thing with a small but definite meaning than an abstraction which is to mean all as i have said it is through woman that ideality is born into the world and what were men without her there is many a man who became a genius through a woman many a one a hero many a one a poet many a one even a saint but he did not become a genius through the woman he married for through her he only became a privy counsellor he did not become a hero through the woman he married for through her he only became a general he did not become a poet through the woman he married for through her he only became a father he did not become a saint through the woman he married for he did not marry and would have married but one the one whom he did not marry just as the others became a genius became a hero became a poet through the help of the woman they did not marry if woman's ideality were in itself inspiring why then the inspiring woman would be the one to whom a man is united for life but life tells a different story it is only by a negative relation to her that man is rendered productive in his ideal endeavors in this sense she is inspiring but to say that she is inspiring without qualifying one statement is to be guilty of a paralogism which one must be a woman to overlook or has anyone ever heard of a man having become a poet through his wife so long as man does not possess her she inspires him 
it is this truth which gives rise to the illusions entertained in poetry and by women the fact that he does not possess her signifies either that he is still fighting for her thus has woman inspired many a one and rendered him a knight but has any one ever heard of a man having been rendered a knight valiant through his wife or the fact that he does not possess her signifies that he cannot obtain her by any manner of means thus has woman inspired many a one and roused his ideality that is if there is anything in him worth while but a wife who has things ever so much worth while for her husband will hardly arouse any ideal strivings in him or again the fact that he does not possess her signifies that he is pursuing an ideal perchance he loves many but loving many is also a kind of unrequited love and yet the ideality of his soul is to be seen in this striving and yearning and not in the small bits of lovableness which make up the sum total of the contributions of all those he loves the highest ideality a woman can arouse in a man consists in fact in the awakening within him of the consciousness of immortality the point of this proof lies in what one might call the necessity of a reply just as one may remark about some play that it cannot end without this or that person getting in his say likewise says ideality our existence cannot be all over with death i demand a reply this proof is frequently furnished in a positive fashion in the public advertiser i hold that to be entirely proper for if proof is to be made in the public advertiser it must be made in a positive fashion thus mrs patterson we learn has lived a number of years until in the night of the twenty-fourth it pleased providence etc this produces in mr patterson an attack of reminiscences from his courting days or to express it quite plainly nothing but seeing her again will ever console him for this blissful meeting he prepares himself in the meanwhile by taking on to himself another wife for to be sure this marriage is by no means as poetic as the first still it is a good imitation this is the proof positive mr patterson is not satisfied with demanding a reply no he wants a meeting again in the hereafter as is well known a base metal will often show the gleam of precious metal this is the brief silver gleam with respect to the base metal this is a tragic moment for it must once for all resign itself to being a base metal not so with mr patterson the possession of ideality is by rights inherent in every person and now if i laugh at mr patterson it is not because he being in reality of base metal had but a single silver gleam but rather because just this silver gleam betrays his having become a base metal thus does the philistine look most ridiculous when arrayed in ideality he affords fitting occasion to say with holberg what does that cow wear a fine dress too the case is this 
whenever a woman arouses ideality in man and thereby the consciousness of immortality she always does so negatively he who really became a genius a hero a poet a saint through woman he has by that very fact seized on the essence of immortality now if the inspiring element were positively present in woman why then a man's wife and only his wife ought to awaken in him the consciousness of immortality but the reverse holds true that is if she is really to awaken ideality in her husband she must die mr Pedersen, to be sure is not affected by all that but if woman by her death does awaken man's ideality then is she indeed the cause of all the great things poetry attributes to her but note well that which she did in a positive fashion for him in no wise roused his ideality in fact her significance in this regard becomes the more doubtful the longer she lives because she will at length really begin to wish to signify something positive however the more positive the proof the less it proves for then mr Pedersen's longing will be for some past common experiences whose content was to all intents and purposes exhausted when they were had most positive of all the proof becomes if the object of his longing concerns their marital spooning that time when they visited the deer park together in the same way one might suddenly feel a longing for the old pair of slippers one used to be so comfortable in but that proof is not exactly a proof for the immortality of the soul on the other hand the more negative the proof the better it is for the negative is higher than the positive inasmuch as it concerns our immortality and is thus the only positive value woman's main significance lies in her negative contribution whereas her positive contributions are as nothing in comparison but on the contrary pernicious it is this truth which life keeps from her consoling her with an illusion which surpasses all that might arise in any man's brain and with parental care ordering life in such fashion that both language and everything else confirm her in her illusion for even if she be conceived as the very opposite of inspiring and rather as the wellspring of all corruption whether now we imagine that with her sin came into the world or that it is her infidelity that ruined all our conception of her is always gallant that is when hearing such opinions one might readily assume that woman were really able to become infinitely more culpable than man which would indeed amount to an immense acknowledgment of her powers alas alas the case is entirely different there is a secret reading in this text which woman cannot comprehend for the very next moment all life owns to the same conception as the state which makes man responsible for his wife one condemns her as man never is condemned for only a real sentence is passed on him and there the matter ends not with her receiving a milder sentence 
for in that case not all of her life would be an illusion but with the case against her being dismissed and the public i e life having to defray the costs one moment woman is supposed to be possessed of all possible wiles the next moment one laughs at him whom she deceived which surely is a contradiction even such a case as that of potiphar's wife does not preclude the possibility of her having really been seduced thus has woman an enormous possibility such as no man has an enormous possibility but her reality is in proportion and most terrible of all is the magic of illusion in which she feels herself happy let plato then thank the gods for having been born a contemporary of socrates i envy him let him offer thanks for being a greek i envy him but when he is grateful for having been born a man and not a woman i join him with all my heart if i had been born a woman and could understand what now i can understand it were terrible but if i had been born a woman and therefore could not understand it that were still more terrible but if the case is as i state it then it follows that one had better refrain from any positive relation with woman wherever she is concerned one has to reckon with that inevitable hiatus which renders her happy as she does not detect the illusion but which would be a man's undoing if he detected it i thank the gods then that i was born a man and not a woman and i thank them furthermore that no woman by some lifelong attachment holds me in duty bound to be constantly reflecting that it ought not to have been indeed what a passing strange device is marriage and what makes it all the stranger is the suggestion that it is to be a step taken without thought and yet no step is more decisive for nothing in life is as inexorable and masterful as the marriage tie and now so important a step as marriage ought so we are told to be taken without reflection yet marriage is not something simple but something immensely complex and indeterminate just as the meat of the turtle smacks of all kinds of meat so likewise does marriage have a taste of all manner of things and just as a turtle is a sluggish animal likewise is marriage a sluggish thing falling in love is at least a simple thing but marriage is it something heathen or something christian something spiritual or something profane or something civil or something of all things is it an expression of an inexplicable love the elective affinity of souls in delicate accord with one another or is it a duty or a partnership or a mere convenience or the custom of certain countries or is it a duty or a partnership or a mere convenience or the custom of certain countries or is it a little of all these is one to order the music for it from the town musician or the organist or is one to have a little from both is it the minister or the police sergeant who is to make the speech and enroll the names in the book of life 
or in the town register does marriage blow a tune on a comb or does it listen to the whisperings like those of the fairies from the grottoes of a summer night and now every darby imagines he performed such a potpourri such an incomparably complex music in getting married and imagines that he is still performing it while living a married life my dear fellow banqueteers ought we not in default of a wedding present and congratulations give each of the conjugal partners a demerit for repeated inattentiveness it is taxing enough to express a single idea in one's life but to think something so complicated as marriage and consequently bring it under one head to think something so complicated and yet to do justice to each and every element in it and have everything present at the same time verily he is a great man who can accomplish all this and still every benedict accomplishes it so he does no doubt for does he not say that he does it unconsciously but if this is to be done unconsciously it must be through some higher form of unconsciousness permeating all one's reflective powers but not a word is said about this and to ask any married man about it means just wasting one's time he who has once committed a piece of folly will constantly be pursued by its consequences in the case of marriage the folly consists in one having gotten into a mess and the punishment in recognizing when it is too late what one has done so you will find that the married man now becomes chesty with a bit of pathos thinking he has done something remarkable in having entered wedlock now puts his tail between his legs in dejection then again praises marriage in sheer self-defense but as to a thought unit which might serve to hold together the disjecta membra of the most heterogeneous conceptions of life contained in marriage for that we shall wait in vain therefore to be a mere benedict is humbug and to be a seducer is humbug and to wish to experiment with woman for the sake of the joke is also humbug in fact the last two mentioned methods will be seen to involve concessions to woman on the part of man quite as large as those found in marriage the seducer wishes to rise in his own estimation by deceiving her but this very fact that he deceives and wishes to deceive that he cares to deceive is also a demonstration of his dependence on woman and the same holds true of him who wishes to experiment with her if i were to imagine any possible relation with woman it would be one so saturated with reflection that it would for that very reason no longer be any relation with her at all to be an excellent husband and yet on the sly seduce every girl to seem a seducer and yet harbor within one all the ardor of romanticism there would be something to that for the concession in the first instance were then annihilated in the second certain it is that man finds his true ideality only in such a reduplication all merely unconscious existence must be obliterated 
and its obliteration ever cunningly guarded by some sham expression such a reduplication is incomprehensible to woman for it removes from her the possibility of expressing man's true nature in one term if it were possible for woman to exist in such a reduplication no erotic relation with her were thinkable but her nature being such as we all know it to be any disturbance of the erotic relation is brought about by man's true nature which ever consists precisely in the annihilation of that in which she has her being am i then preaching the monastic life and rightly called eremita by no means you may as well eliminate the cloister for after all it is only a direct expression of spirituality and as such but a vain endeavour to express it in direct terms it makes small difference whether you use gold or silver or paper money but he who does not spend a farthing but is counterfeit he will comprehend me he to whom every direct expression is but a fraud he and he only is safeguarded better than if he lived in a cloister cell he will be a hermit even if he travelled in an omnibus day and night scarcely had victor finished when the dressmaker jumped to his feet and threw over a bottle of wine standing before him then he spoke as follows End of section four.